esports kind of aspect uh, was also an interesting for us to jump up, uh, jump on. Um, and if we wanted to innovate fast and get a good experience like we have with our apps, we really needed a, a new website. Since last time, we really adopted the way of working with uh, OPR, so objectives and key results. We cannot do everything at the same time, and that in the end focus is the way to achieve it. Hey everyone, welcome to the Ball.com Tech Lab podcast. We share our experience with you. Speaking behind the screens of IT and tech in general at Ball.com, the largest e-commerce platform in the Netherlands and Belgium. We are sharing our approach to IT, e-commerce and retail platforms. The hosts of the show, Peter Paul van der Beek and Peter Brouwers. Almost a year ago, we spoke to uh, Jim van der Waal, a former colleague and now working as a product manager at One Football. Back then, he just delivered his presentation at the Space Summit, scary close to autonomous team. Wonder what happened in the last year with him. Yeah, so and Jim is publishing some great blogs on medium.com, like product owner versus product manager, what's the difference? Or making slows fast. Or the other one, product teams striving for autonomy and reaching for business agility. So this triggered us with the question, how is life with, with Jim van der Waal in this case? So this can be a new recurring item in, uh, in our podcast. Starting today with our guest. So let's introduce uh, Jim a little further. So he works, as we mentioned, as a product manager at One Football in Berlin. Before that, he uh, yeah he once started as an information analyst uh, at Ball.com, and he built up a quite broad experience in role like Scrum Master, IT project manager, and product owner. And he was always very engaged with uh, with the, the themes like how can we improve the product, how can we improve the organization, how can we improve ourselves. Yeah, so welcome back, Jim. It's great to have you here. Yeah, thank you. Great to be back. Uh, different uh, different setting than last time, but I think that uh, I only have myself to blame for that. <laughs> ah, I don't know. <laughs> also missing the, the Spaces Summit t-shirts that we wore uh, back then. So yeah, different setting. <laughs> but, hey. hey, could you uh, share a little uh, for our listeners about uh, what is one football? Uh, let's just start with that. Uh, sure. Um, so with one football, or what we say, we work on the ultimate football platform. Um, so making sure that as a football fan, you only need one product. So to read about the news, to see the latest scores. And I think yeah, recently we really started to disrupt the market also around live matches by offering matches pay-per-view. Uh, I think yeah, why I'm mentioning that example, because I think it's a great example uh, how the football market is not really user-centric. Um, I don't think that there are a lot of people who love to have four types of this, uh, four types of subscriptions and four extra products to consume live matches, and that's more or less what we are trying to change uh, to uh, change this market and really make a yeah make a pro a, a better product for a football fan. Cool, but uh, that's, that's a great product indeed. But I think that you also have been hit by the, the latest development with, with Corona and stuff because there weren't that many matches, right? Uh, true. Um, yeah. So as you can imagine, without football, um, there, yeah, that that definitely has a has an impact. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, with with Corona, it impacted us a lot as a business. Um, I mean. 
think now like in one or two weeks the euro was about to start uh, the european championship mm -hmm. and now we're excited at least that we have some ghost games of other competitions starting so i think that's a uh, uh, yeah a big difference um, um and uh, but yeah luckily um football fans are crazy about football even if there's not a lot of football um so uh yeah we're definitely not bored uh, in that sense and yeah from the product there's always enough room uh, for to work on did, did you from from product perspective also said okay so there's not much live football now so you have to focus on on other things to keep attracting the, these football fans and keep them engaged with the platform yeah for sure that's um we created an entire contingency plan more or less because um so a lot of the content that we write is of course about football so also from that perspective you just need to rethink what kind of things that you um uh, that you also can start writing about and start to uh, to still engage a football fan or other things so uh, maybe that's not that known for you but i guess for a lot of football fans out there that needed their football fixes luckily there were a lot of fifa tournaments that were being held with all kinds of football players around the world um and and this of course or this esports kind of aspect uh was also an interesting for us to jump up uh jump on so yeah for sure we needed to more or less uh, be flexible and be creative in in how you how do you change your plans in the operation i do have to say from a in the end it didn't have that much effect on the product itself uh but more on the content that we that we created so that's interesting. I saw this shift from uh, to esports in in the Formula One. I wasn't aware of this movement in uh, in uh, the football world um, because I didn't realize it. Is is it also uh, easy for uh, if you are a football player to to play this on uh, on esports or? So what I know, I mean, I'm not the most knowledgeable person on the topic, but I uh, also by just following football, I know that esports is becoming bigger within football as well. So I think a lot of clubs are starting their own FIFA teams, uh, which are not sure. their own players, right? So these are just gamers who uh, who are playing esports for uh, uh, for Barcelona or whatever. I think in Holland there's also a, a, a Eredivisie in esports. Okay. Oh. where you have uh yeah um so i but yeah of course what you know is that this culture of fifa is very much for the young football players that's that you know like they're all into playing fifa against each other so i think that's also what makes great content although they might not be the best fifa players if you see one i i don't know one known football player playing another and just them um how can i say it nicely uh uh, teasing each other um, and trying to to win from each other. That's yeah, I think just uh, great to see for any football fan. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, and and in this Corona times, we saw that uh, one football uh, introduced a new website uh, for the for your platform. Uh, yeah. Was it necessary? And and was it now the option or the possibility to do in Corona times, or was it already on on planning? No, it was definitely already on, on planning. Um, and it was from a lot of perspectives, it was necessary. Uh, I think the old website was both visually and technically outdated. Um, and if we wanted to innovate fast and get a good experience like we have with our apps, we really needed a, a new website. 
and and I think I, what I mentioned, we uh, were working on, let's say, or trying to be the ultimate football platform. So that's the vision, right? And with a platform, you need to be available anywhere, anytime, disregarding the device or the technology. And that means that you also need to have a, a good website. And that's where, um, yeah, launching this new website will help us uh, achieve that. Okay, cool. Yeah, maybe it's a good one now to, to go over to, uh, and last year you did this talk, you talked about um, um, scary close to autonomous teams, like uh, Peter Paul said in the introduction. Um, yeah, in a year, a lot can happen. So can you uh, explain uh, what what, uh, what you did in one football after that talk and um, what's now the, yeah, the status? Yeah, I so I think after my last talk, no crazy big changes. And I think that's actually, I consider that a good thing because with OneFootball, we've been growing as well, both from a company and also in the amount of, of product teams. Um, so if we, let's say with this growth can still keep the same kind of autonomy, I would see that as a, as a success. Uh, and I think we might even have improved. I think since last time we really adopted the way of working with uh, OKR, so objectives and key results. And I think this, um, I, back then I, I talked, in my talk I mentioned something about the involvement from management and that that was still something that we we struggled a bit with, uh, with let's say from a small company to a growing company. And I think now with uh, with OKRs, it really helps us more or less to uh, to find the, let's say the right connection with uh, setting the guidelines from management and then you as a team still being autonomous to make all your own decisions. Okay, so this, these OKRs help you to basically create the, the boundaries for the autonomy. Like if you, if you say sometimes in IT, we say freedom within a framework, then the OKR provides the framework where inside the team can find their freedom and their autonomy. Yeah, so I think a lot of it has, has to do with being outcome driven. So in, in the end, you don't want to be output driven or outcome driven. I think that's not new, but I, and that's why I think the OKRs really help with that because it, it all illustrates this outcome that you want to achieve. And of course, not every team can, you always need to see it in the bigger picture of the company. So if you have these kind of OKRs and objectives that you want to achieve as a company and that more or less trickle downs in the OKR, uh, the OKRs also towards teams, then you, more or less still keep the bigger picture um, and still being able to then uh, have the the freedom to choose, uh, how, how can I say? Uh, so you commit to the outcome, how that results, all the things that you do later on, um, that's where you have full autonomy. Exactly. Hey, can you elaborate a little, do you have like then an OKR per product? or for the whole or even on innovation team level? On what level mm -hmm. do you define these OKRs then? Yeah, um, I can tell a bit. So what we, uh, we have a cycle. So we work with cycles, um, mm -hmm. just like any company, I guess. Uh, we do it uh, three times a year to follow more or less the football rhythm. Um, so we have off season and then you have the first half of the season, second half of the season. So that's a bit why we divide it in uh, in three four-month cycles and every four-month cycle we we start more or less by also setting the OKRs from a company perspective 
Um, and again, we're not talking about 20, right? You also, you, that's the whole idea that you need a certain focus um, that corresponds with your bigger vision that is more, let's say, over a couple of years. These OKRs are then also some guides for, we call it streams. So you can see it a bit as that we have certain strategies that we want to focus on uh, in a certain uh, time frame. And then for these streams, streams, we also set OKRs. And also on a product team level um, or innovation team, uh, whatever you want to call it, um, we also set uh, OKRs. And that's also a bit the order in which this, this exercise goes, right? Um, and of course, it's not always, it's not totally top down, uh, although it sounds like that. But of course, all the a lot of inspiration from this, even towards mm -hmm. the vision of the company, also comes bottom up, right? So if if I'm talking about myself um, uh, as product manager of the website, I know about a lot of problems that we have with the current website and the opportunities that it can bring for us as a company. So that's a bit the the conversation that we're then having. Um, as a team also with let's call it management and yeah that and in the end that's more or less how we align things okay and you have so you have different levels uh, we have like OTSMs and some uh, teams use OKRs in Bold.com but what you also see is that at, at some point in time that you let's say on the, on the product team level if you uh, basically summarize everything that's done on a certain let's say stream for the company then you don't reach the goal that you wanted to reach on company level. Just because if you look at the, at the, at the lowest level, yeah, we prioritize the things right from that perspective. But if you add them all up, then at company level, yeah, just doesn't feel good enough. This this will not make the, 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 the change we want to reach. How, how, how do you solve that? But isn't that the problem that if you try to do it bottom up, that you notice then that, that it doesn't, Really work, or at least if you let's say do it from both ways, it will not work. So you, if you start, if you set something at the top, and then you try to then go bottom up and see if it matches, and then you notice it doesn't. Yeah. So there's a tension. Yeah. 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 So there's a tension because you give priorities from the top, and they they're perfectly clear. Everybody tries to align to them for their domain or product team, innovation team, whatever, and and that kind of uh succeeds but if you then look from the top then you say okay well if you're looking we're, we're not making this strategy or this stream in your case ah, it's, it's just not enough how, how do you, there's tension then and then so it goes it iterates in in, in a way how did, how did you solve things like that or maybe that's about the the uh, the process how we come to these okrs and the sessions around mm -hmm. it maybe what you mean yeah. Yeah. um Again, that we start the so I, I first of all I'm not involved in all these sessions, right? So, but I can share a little bit about the about the process. Um, so that's where um, management, together, then also with let's say the VPs of engineering and product, they align about what is the focus of the company in the next four month cycle. Uh, that is then also the moment that this conversation about OKRs are are starting there. Then um, there was last time we had these, let's call it big room sessions where um, with these, let's call it guidelines or, or these boundaries, right? We, we more or less also uh, had a look then how does it look for every stream and every team? 
And how does that then translate in the OKRs that we set for a team? And of course, you will sometimes notice that things will or will not work. Um, and like any company, a lot of that has to do with resources or the amount of people that you have to 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 work on it. Or um, yeah, um, and then you notice, well, you know, if we really want to make this happen, we need more focus there. And maybe that means giving up on on a, on a different key results. And I think also for for management, it's a, sometimes the realization that we cannot do everything at the same time, and that in the end, focus is the way to achieve it. But I, that's why I'm. I think that was one of the. Uh, I, I wouldn't say we're totally there yet, but it is definitely something that we um, we really took off more or less this way of working, um, and um, really make sure that that we have this focus of. Every four-month cycle, where do we want to move the needle, and not move the needle at every single strategy that we set or every idea that we have for the future of our company? Yeah, I really recognize the, the last part that you say because we just had this this um, yeah where where Polycom did did this alignment uh, basically, and there at the at the closing. Uh, uh, our CEO really mentioned, okay, I'm really glad that you said no to these plans because that will give us focus. And uh, you being able to say no to these plans shows that you feel the autonomy and shows that that we really want to achieve other things. And, and that's what makes it really powerful. Uh, and yeah, from nodding, our, our audience can see it, but you recognize it, right? Yeah, I guess I, I think one of the things is that always uh, pops up is new business opportunities and how that more or less then um, affects the, at, at least from a from a product team perspective that has can have a, a let's call it a disastrous effect because let's say you committed to some goals, then a new business opportunity arises and that's it sounds negative, but more or less push top down, right? So this is, we need to do this now. Um, we need to do it as soon as possible. Then it doesn't really feel that that motivating to every time have this planning because you know that the next month, if your new business opportunity comes, you need to throw this plan away again. That's not really a setting motivating uh, KPIs for yourself. And I think that's also something that goes pretty well now is that before the cycle, that's the conversation that, uh, so for example, Max, the VP of, of product, has with the management. What are the business opportunities that might occur and that we might need to think about? Because then we can already try uh, to say, okay, what kind of effect would that have on our plans? Um, and then it's, it, um, and I, you always need to think about, okay, how prob uh, probable is it that that will happen, right? Um, but at least I think it's good that this is a conversation that's had already during the planning and that also, for example, the already the impact is then known by the management. For example, if this happens, that that's, has such a big effect, then maybe they also think, well, you know what, that's maybe not a business opportunity to pursue. Hey, and, and in the beginning of this, uh, you said that you as a product manager, uh, you you don't have a role in this OKR cycle, or did I misunderstand you? Not in all, let's say, the entire process, right? So I'm uh, a, a lot of what I'm sharing also with this because a lot of the things that I know from uh, from Alexi, my manager, who's head of product. Um, so 
it's a bit like who's involved in in which session so if we talk about company okrs i'm not part of that that's that's happening on a, on a management level uh, yeah. but if we talk about let's say the moment that it uh, we're talking about uh, team okrs yeah of course that's that's actually where um i could play a, a leading role um and work together with that with uh, with alexi cool yeah, so like uh, like you uh, just uh, said, uh, the, the 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 possibility to say no to things is also the the sign that the team is really autonomous, and, uh, and after that can act upon themselves uh, on a specific task or objective, so to say. Um, hey, in the other uh, article, you write about the product owner versus the product manager. Um, and you, uh, your, your, you quote, uh, your quote in, in that article is a product manager is always a product owner, but a product owner is not always a product manager. How is this organized in uh, one football? And, and can you elaborate on, on this statement? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, um, so we work with product managers within one football. That's more or less the, uh, the title and the, the job. Right, and then there are different. Um, and with how we are organized, the product manager is also the product owner. And as uh, as I mentioned in my article, I think if we if you work in a company that's working with digital products, um, then I think always the product manager will also be uh, be the product owner in a sense. So because. Uh, the product manager I see it, is really focused on the delivery of the product um, and where the product manager not only looks then as uh, on the delivery but also the let's I call it like the discovery um, of the product and that's more or less the discovery meaning um, giving again making the reference to the OKRs right so if I have um, if I have these key results that I'm that we're striving for, what are the ideas and the 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 things that we want to pursue, and the thing the things that might be interesting, and the things that we want to research, um, and more or less prioritizing these ideas uh, before starting to talk about what is then the feature that we're implementing and really taking care of the implementation itself. Yeah, exactly. So, and uh, yeah, on, on the in this article, uh, you made you made a great visualization of this funnel with uh, the, the things you call discovery, and then okay, you end up in delivery, and that's more the focus of the, the product owner. But I wasn't aware of the fact that you that the product manager is also the product owner because I believe in in Bullet.com we kind of separate that. Uh, Paul, is that true? You're more in the most level. I think that. Uh... Uh, yeah, so mostly what we have here is that product managers uh, work with a set of product owners, basically. Uh, that, that's that's mostly how we uh, uh, how we work. Uh, but and there I also see that sort of product owners really more focused on the, on the delivery part, and the product manager also on discovery, also seeing okay, what else is there to do for uh, for my for the product, for the, uh, the, the product owners that, that work together. Uh, that's also due to the fact that we basically have like, if you if you look from innovation team up, uh, up and an innovation team is uh, software engineers, product owner, business analyst, 
sometimes data analysts, sometimes a data scientist, or multiple of them, sometimes functional application uh, manager. Uh, yeah, multiple of these teams tend to uh, uh, be uh, grouped as a, as a product. Uh, and these products, again, are grouped in domains uh, at ball.com. I don't know what's the what's the how you how you group your <laughs> teams, uh, Jim. Yeah, we try to. So how do we group it? Um, mainly on how a let's say feature or domain is being experienced by the user. And that's so. That's I think I explained that in my last talk. So not, nothing crazy changed there, right? That. We have a, uh, let's say, a news team that is focusing on um, the, let's say, the entire uh, part of the product that focuses on the on uh, the news, for, let's say, providing news to the user. Whereas course team is focused on everything that's uh, is there regarding matches, um, and and that's more or less how we how we split it, um, or how most of the teams are then, let's say, being being fo uh, being focused, um, and. Yeah, the difference is that for us, I think it's that we we do have, let's say, one person that's uh, that has this full responsibility, and uh, thereby also the um, the full autonomy, right? Because I guess if you still work with the way that you described it, at least to me, right? So I'm, I'm uh, it's it's hard to judge uh, uh, right away, um, <laughs> but at least then. It sounds to me that the product owner will still struggle, at least with the fact that he doesn't have the full autonomy with his team uh, or her team, because you cannot prioritize your ideas then, because that more or less then you need to do together with the other teams or together with the product manager. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah. it's true to some extent. So, uh, so where the team uh, doesn't have dependencies on, on the deliverables or on the, 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 the results, uh, then they can work fully autonomous. But when, when there's uh, uh, basically, uh, when there's interaction needed uh, or alignment, then of course there should be things aligned uh, to some extent. Uh, so there's a lot of autonomy already, and then it, it really depends on, uh, yeah, how how much dependency on other teams to deliver stuff is there still, and that really depends on on the product. So in some places this is, yeah, let's say ninety percent autonomous, and in some places fifty to sixty or something like that. And these are just guesses for from me. There's no no hard facts here because it's hard to measure, but it just to give an idea uh, to you and the listeners. Yeah, can, can you make that uh, practical for us? Hey, you, you talked about, hey, you're the product manager of the website. Uh, um, I believe you have on the website, you have this news and you have the score system. So you, you rely on those products and you, you had to come up with a new website. So um, how, how did you do that to manage that with, uh, with the other products? With the other teams, you mean? Yeah, with the other yeah, yeah, and, and, yeah. that's what, let's say it's a bit of a special case um, because as you as I mentioned, like w one of the things is that this new website is also because it just is lacking behind, right? So it's um, it was never we call it, it was never really a first class citizen of our portfolio of products. It was really the company was really focused on the on the apps and the website was just there on the site and. 
Um, that's why um, right now, I mean, there is a lot of catching up to do. Um, and that means that, yes, of course, we have dependencies, but they're not crazy because a lot of it is already out there because it's already fulfilling with the apps. So let's say I don't know what's going to happen when we are up to par and we have a similar experience. In my personal opinion, I think it makes a lot of sense to give the uh, web responsibility then back to all, um, all let's call it vertical teams or all teams that are focused on, on a part of the, of the, the feature set. Um, but at least how it works for me right now, I can definitely give an example. Um, we, I, I have actually the luxury of looking at it as one, one product. So I, I can really look at the entire funnel uh, of also for users and to say like, hey, what are, where are the problems for the product and where do we need to, uh, where do we need to put our, our efforts in? Um, so maybe to give an example, we know that a lot of users are uh, coming onto the website via a lot of different sources, right? So we are content heavy, so we have a lot of news, meaning that also that does very well with Google because Google is there all to provide unique content to, to users. So we have a lot of people coming in from, from Google or other sources. Then they, uh, we noticed that a lot, we have a very high bounce rate on these news pages. So then for me, I can more or less look at this uh, funnel and say, well, if, if we have a goal with the company to grow our amount of web users, which is actually a thing, so that's the, let's say, the guidance I, I also get. Um, and then what is the, the way to do that? And then I, I can focus and say, well, you know, um, I, I see the problem in, let's call it top of the funnel. So in the way that we are able to activate a user. So a new user coming in and us being able to activate him and retain him to the to product. So that's, let's say, also my bottom-up kind of input regarding uh, these OKRs, saying like that's the thing that we should focus on in the next form of cycle. And then from that, I can, together with my team, then brainstorm on how we're going to do that. So let's take the example that one of the things is that we want to, uh, the objective is to make people stick to the product, and a key result is to lower the bounce rate on a news page. So that's what we commit to. And then there are loads of ideas on how to do that. Um, we can think of having, I don't know, uh, it, then it becomes feature specific, right? So then it's like, okay, let's have related news on the, uh, on, the, on the news article, or hey, let's have better navigation, or maybe as crazy as, hey, let's, let's put a, let's tr focus on onboarding so that if we notice that it's a new user that we, that we more or less t uh, let him take a tour through the entire product. And then we're talking about features, and based on that, I try to make an assessment what is going to help us get there fastest, more or less, right? So what is going to get us fastest to this result? And yeah, that's more or less then how we work as a team to then discover the feature, work on designs, um, scope it, and the whole uh, shebang. And, and those features you can uh, perfectly uh, build uh, and, and, and deliver yourself as, uh, with your team. But sometimes you, you re rely on the, the news team. Yeah. And then what? Do they have the same uh, objective or do you have to convince them uh, that, that this is needed right now? Yeah, no, and, and indeed we are the team that has, has these dependencies. I know that as well. I'm, uh, I'm also the one that is, 
the talking a lot with the other product managers, right? And we, I, that's also the thing. I'm, I mean, still, I'm in the team of the product managers. We talk every day. Um, every day we talk about what we're going to do, and we we share with each other if we see a dependency and if we need to cope with that in a certain way. Um, make it even very concrete. Yesterday, indeed, we had a session with the news team saying, like, hey, uh, we have we actually want to have the ability to um, load more news, is what we call it. So. Um, you have a set of news and you just want to, as a user, you want to expand. It, it's not a crazy idea. Uh, a lot of feedback that came from the users that they want that, so let's discuss. Uh, the current endpoint that the news team had was not fully uh, working for us as it should. Um, and then we have the discussion, hey, how can what? How can we make it work with the endpoints that are already there, of, of let's say the APIs that are already being provided? And if it's not enough, then either we try to plan the time with them, or also, that's also, I think, a way that we need to cope with that is that we also have a backend engineer within our team that is more or less making the change on their side. And I think that's also a certain way of, let's say, um, maybe, I think within Boldercom, we always talked about OPEX, right? So operational excellence of a certain service. I think it doesn't really mean that you should not be able to work in each other's OPEX, or you should not be able to make a change in each other's products, because that, then indeed you always have this very hard dependency. But I think if you can get to a certain culture and a certain way of working where um, it's easier for other teams to jump in and, and make a change, um, then yeah, that's also definitely a way to, to cope with this, uh, those dependencies. And that's at least how, how we try to do it. Cool. Yeah, nice. It's, it gives uh, some some nice insight, I think. Uh, but it's also uh, one item that we didn't touch upon. But maybe it's a good one to uh, to talk about it in a later episode. Uh, maybe I can challenge you on, on that one. Uh, you you uh, um, created a uh, uh, what's it called a blog about uh, the site reliability engineering, the the service level objectives, and the sleaze and the error budget. And I saw a nice conversation uh, and discussion going on uh, about that with uh, with some other people. Maybe it's a good one to to do an extra podcast on on that aspect if you want uh, uh, as well, or maybe help sure. to organize. And uh, as long as you invite Bart, then uh... <laughs> one of our colleagues. Yeah, he, yeah, uh, he's doing that. Good. Yeah, we will uh, we will uh, try to organize that one. Um, but yeah, we're running already uh, out of time again. Uh, so we had a lot to talk about. <laughs> Interesting subject again. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Hey, Peter Paul, uh, questions left before we go to the closing round? Yeah, I was really wondering so, is there like one thing that you really uh, got from experience, like a, a real insight that, that, yeah, that you grew in the, in the last year that you could share with us? And then regarding one of the like regarding autonomous teams or yeah yeah uh, there's nothing really not in one specific thing that comes to mind no okay yeah then I think we go to the to the to the real last question <laughs> what's uh yeah uh, what's the key takeaway that you want to share with the listeners yeah uh, so I think we talked about a lot of different kind of topics right so it's hard to pick one of those. Um, I think it's just one thing I noticed is that um, like yeah, that everybody should just like share knowledge about the topics that you are passionate about. Um, I think I noticed that a lot in the last month when I also started to writing some of the articles. Um, 
I mean, you might not always be correct or whatever, but I think it will really get a conversation, go a conversation going with other like-minded people. And that's just a lot of fun. And it also really helps you to become more knowledgeable about uh, on the topic. And, and whether it's the, uh, let's say this, this podcast, right. Um, or, or whether it's, uh, let's say the talks at spaces summit or whether it's uh, the conversation I had with Bart in this LinkedIn post. Um, yeah, I mean, now with sharing some of the articles, I just, I just noticed that that's super cool. And I think that feeling of connection with people is just something I think we can all use in these, uh, these weird times. Um, so yeah, that's maybe my, uh, my takeaway. So don't be afraid of sharing knowledge and get this conversation going with other people. Yeah, really nice. Yeah, thanks, uh, Jim, for sharing your uh, your knowledge so far, and uh, uh, yeah, talking about again about uh, one football and uh, the product organization, your role, how you manage these uh, these uh, OKRs um, and these cycles behind it. Um, I think indeed for for bullet comments, really, uh, and a topic that's uh, on top of mind of many people because we're just in the middle of it, but also outside bullet.com, I think it's uh, it's worthwhile worthwhile spreading. So also, um, yeah, for you as a as a listener, if you have questions about yeah bol.com, how you, how we do things, just come up with uh, with those questions on on Twitter, LinkedIn, or uh, uh, via via the email, and uh, of course uh, subscribe. And uh, yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Thanks, Jim. And I have the feeling that we will uh, meet uh, sooner this time than just uh, after you're uh, given all the conversations. Yeah, happy to do so. Always nice to catch up and to uh, yeah share knowledge about this topic, about these interesting topics. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you liked the episode, check some of the others. Go to Spotify or iTunes, search for Tech Lab and subscribe. Leave a five-star review so others can find the podcast easier and spread the word. We like interactions, so if you have any questions or suggestions, find us on Twitter, LinkedIn, or mail techlab at ball.com. Hope to meet you in our next episode. Have fun!